0: morning, everyone. Our hope is in Jesus. And our hope is in Jesus. Unpack that. Hope for what? Everything. Everything. Wow. What is everything? Everything. Just, wow. It's, it's quite, like such short... Sentences can mean so much. So, this morning I'm talking about hope, but in a context that, yeah. So, we're all on this journey to Jesus. And often, biblically, we get a little bit confused because Jesus is not bound by our mindset, okay? And just my statement of we're on a journey to Jesus, but Jesus is in us. So, already I've messed with logic because how can he be here and there? But that is Jesus. Yeah. A lot of things can be true at the same time jesus can be here and somewhere else and in the beginning of the time and at the end of the time all at the same time it's fine we we are limited god is not limited but in our journey towards where we should be as we get closer and closer to jesus we sometimes drag stuff with us and today i'm going to hit on one of those topics and sometimes we're dragging these things and we don't want to let go but it can hold us back. It can hold us back and slow us down from where Jesus wants us to be. And in some cases, we want to hold this thing. We kind of hang on to it because it's it's important to us. And so today is one of those topics which is going to be tricky. It's the topic of money. Pin drop. So, there's hope in your finances. There's hope for jobs. God can look after us. But have you ever considered that if you're stuck on an island with two of your friends, do you think money is going to help you? Just a thought. If you're stuck on an island, it's probably more important to be intelligent, probably more important to know how you can survive, how you can work together, how you can keep things going. That's probably more important than money. Yet in the world we live, money's there. And in the church, it's part of what we talk about. Um, there's a lot of churches, I mean, some people would say, we better not give money to that church because they're going to spend it on a Land Rover for the pastor. <laughs> the pastor obviously is keen on that, <laughs> but I can assure you he doesn't have a Land Rover. He can get a badge for the Land Rover, probably. <laughs> okay. But we have that. We're we, we like not sure if we should trust. Do we trust the church? And so I'm going to break that right away. Don't trust the church. Trust God. You need to start trusting God with your finances. Too often we are trying to control this thing here. Don't. I, I learned long ago that when I give, I give. It's done. It's no longer my problem. God is responsible for that. I hear God and I give. I'm done. You gotta let go. And that doesn't mean let go and give everything to the church. What I'm saying is hear God. Hear where He's leading you in finances. There was an article now recently <laughs> uh, Hillsong Australia. You all know Hillsong. All the wonderful songs I do. They're going through chaos at the moment. And it kind of They go through one thing and the next thing and the next thing. And now they're into what did all the money get spent on? So now all of that gets dredged out on plane trips and clothes and Gucci's and whatever. And it's sad that that happens, but it does happen because we're human. But we hope that as a church we work together, we find Jesus, and we do what God wants us to do with whatever finances we end up with in the church. So finances can't be ignored. they kind of part of life, part of where we are. There's many opinions on finances, many opinions on is it this or is it that. Um, I'll paint another picture for you. There's the Old Testament view. I'm going to break some things here today. There's an Old Testament view of money. Law. We are in grace. We're not in law. There's a change, the step change that takes place in how money is handled in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I'll take you through some of that. But what counts the most is where is God at? That's what counts the most. When it comes to your money, what's God saying? Where is God leading you? That's the most important thing. Let me just read you some scriptures. Maybe just another point. As a church, we have to teach on money. Do you know that? And not because it's money is money, but because there's a blessing that comes in that context. And we would be doing an injustice to you if we did not teach correctly on money. It's actually an injustice because there's blessings that can take place. there, But those blessings only happen if you kind of focus on where God is and what God is doing in that space. So Matthew 6.24 says this, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. There's already a picture being painted now that money is not an easy thing to handle, that you can end up serving money. And so we have to watch that in our lives. We have to go, am I serving money, or is money just a tool? Am I just using it for God's purposes? Um The sentence I read recently says, are we worshiping wealth? Are we worshiping wealth? Or are we worshiping with our wealth? Different context. Are we worshiping wealth? Or are we worshiping with our wealth? So is wealth a way that we can worship God? I'll take you through some scriptures on that. Luke twelve thirty four. For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We've always ha- heard that thing with the police follow the money and you catch the bad guys. It's true. Um, if somebody said to me, "Oh, I love young people, really. Show me your bank balance and how that reflects in the context of young people." I I'm interested in politics, are you? Show me where your money goes. Your money tells you where where your interest is. It kind of directs, it's an an interesting thing. Um, And often people fall into trouble in that space. Luke 16, if then you've not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you've not been faithful in that which is in others, Who will give you which is your own? And I'm just reading things, just to point them out. I'll get to more juicy stuff, but you have to be faithful in the small to be given context of the big. And that plays out in wealth, but it also plays out in other stuff. If you can't look after one child, how would you expect to look after 10? If you cannot look after 10 rand, how would you expect to look after 10,000 rand? And in business we do this. I don't know if you know that, but businesses do that. They trust you with a little bit, and they check you out. Do you, do you look after the money well, or does it disappear somewhere? And if they can't trust you with that, they won't trust you with more. And that same principle applies in the biblical sense. God is trusting you, but he wants to see if he can trust you with a little. And the more you use the little well that he's blessed you with and given you, the more he can trust you with more. And that does not mean you're gonna win the lotto. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Acts four thirty-four. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands and houses, they sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. I'm not telling you you're going to go and sell your property. It's not what I'm telling you. What I'm saying is the church together, there was nobody needy church were looking after each other and that involved finances and possessions and whatever it involved but the church in the new testament was coming together and helping each other wouldn't it be wonderful if we could see that more and more that the church not just sarepta but all the churches in the area were pulling together and helping each other hebrews 13 5 keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have i will never leave you nor forsake you be content with what you have a lot of us are not not content and i I even have that i i have my moments of i want to win the lottery but god is calling us to be content be content with where we are so why money the new testament is full of stuff about money i don't know if you know this but 16 out of the 38 parables that jesus deals talks to Talk about money or possessions. It's a big thing for us. It's a big thing, and Jesus speaks to it a lot. Something like 25% of the words in the New Testament deal with stewardship. In other words, how are you looking after stuff? Stewardship of people and possessions. There's something like 2,000 scriptures in the Bible that relate to tithing and how you should or shouldn't tithe. And so there's a lot of stuff in the Bible there. Once again, be careful, New Testament... Old Testament, the New Testament fulfills the law. It takes us into a completely different place. Often, we, we translate it into two things. We say those, those that give and those that give not. <laughs> we kind of go, are you giving or are you not giving? And it's a very simplistic version. And we translate it in money. I'm going to translate it in a few other things. Are you giving of time? Time, your time to help, whatever that means. Can you give time? Can you give skills? Can you, and do you have skills or capability that can help someone, whoever? And then, yes, there's money. But I think that's an oversimplification of money, and I'll get to some more of that. But let's talk to tithing quickly. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in the house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be no room enough to store it. Proverbs 3, 9-10. to Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your first fruits of all your crops. Then the barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim with new vine. It's a biblical principle that you should be given, but that you will also be blessed. But I want to caution you. Do not tithe because you think it's the lotto. Because then your motivation's wrong. Tithing is not about, oh, I'm going to tithe because now God's going to look after me. No, that's not the point. The point is you tithe because it is the right thing to do. is to help. Honor God. Honor God in what, what is going on. So I just want to go to tithing in the New Testament just to try and massage us a little bit. In the Old Testament, it was all about the 10%. It was about a box generally in the temple. the New Testament, things start to shift around a little bit. So, Matthew twenty three twenty three. Woe to you, this is Jesus speaking. Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees. You are hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin. So, the tithe was physical, not money. But you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should be practicing the latter. In other words, you should be tithing. You should be giving. You should be helping. But you should not be neglecting the former. So there's an interesting message in there. If you think tithing is where it stops, it doesn't. It goes broader than that. It's where is justice, where is your mercy, where is your faithfulness? If somebody is wounded, are we helping? If somebody's in trouble, are we helping them? If, somebody's, if there's an injustice going on, are we writing that injustice? What are we doing about that? And how are we doing that? In some cases, that might involve us using money to deal with it. Romans 8.4, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, we do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I want to be clear on this. We live by faith, and we live in the Spirit. If you take tithing and you say, this is a law, then you've missed it. You really have. Because then you're following law. You have to say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, where are you in my life? Where is this going? What do you need me to do with my stuff, whatever it is? We live by the Spirit. We live by faith. I want to kill the 10%. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 16. So this is Paul writing. And he says, now about collecting for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian church to do. So this is what he's telling other churches. On the first day of every week, every one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I'll give you letters of introduction to the men and we can send it to Jerusalem. But here the terminology. You should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. So let me ask you this, if Elon Musk or Bill Gates dropped a million on Sarepta, would that be amazing? It would be. But would they be keeping up in the context of their income? I don't think so. And so these are the questions. Where, what is keeping up with your income? And I think this is where the New Testament starts to separate from the Old Testament a little bit. It says, where's God in your life? What's He doing? whatever God's doing, you've got to find that space. And I'm not saying you need to drop a 90% tithe. It would be wonderful. I'm saying, hear God. And maybe it's here. Maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe it's something, whatever it is. But you've got to start finding God in what he's doing. You see Jesus um, watching the widow. She puts two silver coins in. And all the rich people are putting all sorts of stuff in. And he says, she has put in more than anybody else, because it was really a heartfelt commitment. Giving is an act of worship. We worship God through how we give, through how we give our time, our skills, our finances, our houses, our cars, whatever it is. We worship through what we do. And in the Old Testament, it was an act of worship, and the New Testament just broadens and becomes bigger. What i want to do is just take you through some biblical stories and i want you to see the characters in those stories and how they handle money because i think otherwise we get stuck in kind of these rules and regulations i want to talk to personalities and characters here's one one king 17 the woman of Zarepta. zarepa but sarepta in greek Sareph is a Greek word, but in Hebrew it's sarifah. Um, so think of the character. She, she has nothing. She's right down to the end. The man of God arrives, and he says, give, help out. What does she do? She helps out. She takes a faith step, even in that moment of complete utter despair and distress she still takes the faith step and in this country we still have those opportunities to say do we feel like it's the end no it's not it might be but we take faith we we take faith and hope rather than despair so she was heading into despair and then God pulls her out and then through that there's a blessing that comes Because then suddenly there's a whole bunch of blessing that happens. The food just carries on and on and they get to, if I'm not mistaken, her child dies at some point and gets resurrected. You just keep having the story going on. There's blessing and blessing and blessing. Oh, here's a deep one. Are we not seeing God's blessing because we're not stepping out in faith? Would she have seen the blessing if she hadn't stepped out? Just a thought. Wow. What would have happened? She would have maybe seen death and destruction if she hadn't stepped out in faith. The blessing comes after, not before. So do we step out in faith first or do we wait for the blessing? Lord, if you bless me with the lotto, then I'm going to... No, step out in faith, work with the Lord, and he will do what he does. So, who, who are you in that story? Lasha, or her, or his son, or the people around watching that unfold? Are you stepping out with that faith? Let's go to some interesting stories. Prodigal son. You never thought prodigal son had anything to do with money, Okay. But read the characters in the story. So he has a father. His son says, give me my inheritance, which basically means I wish you were dead. The son takes the inheritance, goes off, has a great party. Parties his life away, spends all the money, ends up with nothing. Comes back to the father. The father welcomes him in, even though he took the inheritance And spat in his face and left. He still welcomes him in. Gives him more. Sacrifices the sheep Has a massive party. Because his son is back. The other son gets grumpy. Why are you spending my inheritance? Think of the characters there. You have a father who is obviously good at investing. He's good at working. He's good at making stuff happen. But he's also good at giving. No strings attached. I don't know if you noticed that. He gave. Done. And he was even willing to give more later. No strings attached. The son is a partier. How many of us are party people? Okay, but there's a personality here around money. Easy come, easy go. That could be you. Maybe you're one of those people. Easy come, easy go. You just blow it. Is, is that what God's called us to do, is just blow it? Maybe maybe he wanted to be seen as somebody important. So he was throwing a lot of parties. Because it's all about image, maybe that was what was going on. So that money was relating to image and influence. But he blew it. Then you have the other character in the story, which maybe also resembles some of us. Hey, don't touch our money. Why are you giving this away? What's going on? That other brother, doesn't want to share, wants to keep to himself, Scrooge, okay? So you see that representation of those characters and how they handle money. Good Samaritan, another story, okay? So the person is wounded on the side of the road, three people walk past and don't help. Part of their thought process is probably, yo, I don't want to be involved, but part of it is is going to cost me money, so they carry on. The Samaritan stops, helps the guy, takes him to a place, pays the bill, doesn't just pay that bill, pays the bill ahead, so pays for the next three or four days ahead, accommodation, whatever, food, the whole lot, sorted. Completely different response in the case of finances, and guess what, no strings attached doesn't say with interest doesn't say i'm coming back in four days to collect it's just done and because i like to stir things up samaritan sounds outside of south africa what if that was a zulu and an Afrikaanska? what if that was orsa hey or a colored who walked past just think in the context of our culture, of our country. Who walked past? Was it us? Was it me? Was it you? Or did we stop? Why did we walk past? Was it only the money? Or was it your I don't help them? Them? Who's them? I don't know. Who's them for you? Am I pushing something? Who's them? In your life, do you have them? Somebody that, oh, I'm not sure. The Bible calls you to break that. Break it. Them is not them. Them is us. Together. You get out the car. You help them. You pay for them. No strings attached. Let's go to a negative one. Matthew 26. Judas. Hey money Judas 30 coins Where's that personality do we have that in the country absolutely money greed I will do anything for money do you see that personality maybe some of us struggle with that that kind of greed can lead to murder we see that in South Africa we have to fight that do not Have that greed for money. But there's some other characters in the story we often forget. The Pharisees. You paid him. Have you thought about that? What is their personality? We're trying to be pious. We're trying to act all goody two shoes. But we're using our money for evil. We're doing it a way to kind of cover ourselves. So you get that in the country as well. You've got to watch for that. There's a manipulation with money that can happen. So come to my point in the beginning, giving, not giving. I'm painting a picture for you of giving that is actually a problem. Are you giving to manipulate? So now it's the strings attached. I'll give you money, but go and do this. I'm trying to control you and manipulate you with money. And that can happen anyway, even in a church. Let's talk to money and worship, the most basic worship. Three wise men. They come to Jesus, and they just lay it out. Here, frankincense, myrrh, gold. Worship. Worship Jesus. Here it is. Pew, done. We get to do that. We get to have that opportunity of just worshiping with our money. I'm going to start speeding up now. <laughs> so we don't run out of time. Matthew 27, Jesus' burial. Somebody with wealth who was a follower of Jesus came and collected his body, gave up their spot, their tomb, and paid the money to wrap Jesus and to bury him. Worship. Worshipping Jesus through that act. Worshipping God. Sometimes it takes what we have physically to worship. John 6 9 the feeding of the 5000 he has a boy two loaves three fishes can we use your food there's a giving again and it shows once again same as that giving then the miracle giving then the miracle the miracle happens after not before he hands over two fishes and loaves 5000 people are fed wow but it starts with giving. Matthew 19, you've got the wealthy young man who comes to Jesus and says, I do this, I do A, B, C, D, F, G, I tithe, and I don't long list. And Jesus goes, amazing, you're brilliant. Now give everything away and follow me. Well, he walks away very sad. And I'm not saying give away everything, that's not what I'm saying. But it's because jesus was recognizing in him that he was worshiping his money and that was his hold up and jesus was taking it on saying there's your problem that stuff is holding you um, just a response to that freedom zacchaeus 19. so you think of zacchaeus coming down out of the tree and going with jesus having a great time and zacchaeus's response to Jesus just overwhelming his life. And he's a tax collector, they're like stealing money. He gives all the money back. He returns money plus whatever to all the people that he ripped off over years. He rights all the wrongs. He puts things back the way it should be. Maybe here we have some Zacchaeuses today. Maybe. So there's giving. In the incorrect way, maybe giving for fun and excitement, maybe to boost your reputation, maybe to manipulate someone, maybe because you want power, maybe because of legal um, giving because. That's not where God wants you. God wants you giving. He wants you to be generous. He wants you to give because you have faith. You have faith in what He's doing and that you buy into where God is going and what God is up to he, he wants you to give because you hear the Spirit, and you hear what God's leading you, and no strings attached, just, Lord, I do what you want me to do, it's done. And if you're not giving, maybe it's because you have greed, maybe it's because you have fear, and I get that, I completely get that, maybe it's fear, but we do not have fear as Christians, God has given us not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so we don't fear. We have hope in Jesus. We have hope in what God is doing. Maybe we worship our money too much, and maybe that's why we don't give. And the easiest way to break that, to give it away. It was one of the lessons I had to learn. Um, I held on to money, and then I learned just to give it away. And it's very hard to worship something when you just give it away. know this, God owns everything. Money is just a tool. Use it to glorify God, little or as much as he provides to you and as he guides you. Use your money to worship God. The Bible's quite clear that you should work, but you should use your hands. You should be involved. And whether that's a job, whether that's growing something in your garden, whatever it is, be involved. Be content with what you have. Don't be greedy. The Bible speaks a lot about being mindful of debt. It talks about if you have debt, then you are under somebody's ownership. And that ownership is not Jesus. So if you want to have debts with anyone, have it with Jesus. Try to stay away from debt. I'm not saying cancel all your bonds and stuff, but just think about what the implications of that debt is and how do you get out of that. Pay your bills quickly. And manage your finances well. so 1 Thessalonians four eleven. and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life anyone <laughs> and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life you should mind your own business and work with your hands just as you were told so that daily your life will win the respect of outsiders And so there will be no dependence on anyone. And I would go further to say it's not just about being dependent on someone. It's about being a blessing to someone. Blessing others. So am I telling you to give more money? Not. Absolutely not. I'm not paid by the church, by the way. So... You don't have to worry about this. But I'm not telling you to give more money. I'm not telling you what to do with your money. That's not my place. It's actually not my place. God needs to tell you that. And so that's my question for you. is, Is God involved in your stuff? Is he? Are you hearing him? And where is he leading you? We as a church would love for that to be intern's program, and all these things we're doing. If that's where God leads you to. But you need to hear God. Where's God leading you? Where's He leading you to put your money and to commit? So ask God, hear what He says, and respond. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we have an amazing opportunity with all the stuff that you've given us, be that a lot or be that a little, I thank you that we have an opportunity to see you use whatever it is you've given us, that we can use it for your glory. We would love to see 5,000 people fed. We would love to see these miracles take place. And we would love to sometimes say, silver and gold have I none, but stand up and walk. We want to see these things and i pray lord you help us get there i pray lord you give us faith give us massive massive faith abundantly poured out shaken up stirred up that we really really can have hope in you that we can have faith in you that you are looking after us that the fields are clothed and we're clothed i pray lord that we can just put that all in front of you i pray lord you help us if if money holding us back I pray that you show us, identify it, help us break that. If it's not, that's cool. Show us, Lord, how to just be a part of everything you're doing. We want to walk with you, um, wherever that is, whatever it is you're doing. Help us to be in that space with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.